I'm Karen Hall, your host of the Hero Within podcast. I'm passionate about sharing inspiring true stories of unsung heroes who've overcome some of life's most challenging adversities. Come along with me and learn how you too can find hope and healing to return to love. Does stress and anxiety make you physically sick? We are all under so much stress lately. I know I have been. During the last two months especially, it feels like I've had several sucker punches to the gut, which have left me off balance, struggling to regain my footing and my breath. It felt like I'd just recover and I'd get hit again. We've all had an increase in stress with the pandemic and all the things that have been in upheaval ever since. Because of the isolation during the pandemic, some theorize that we lost some of our connections with each other, and we don't always feel comfortable reaching out like we used to. As a life coach, I have seen this to be so true. Across the board, my clients report that ever since the pandemic, they feel more isolated and lonely and more anxious. In general, people say that they feel more stressed and they feel less supported than they used to. I know that's true for me, too. I need more connection than ever before, and I have to make a concerted effort to stay connected in the face of increased stress. We know that physical and emotional stress can make you physically sick, depending on several factors. So what is stress? Stress can be described as a feeling of emotional, mental, or physical tension that we experience based on our interpretation of a challenging or demanding event or a thought that makes us feel a heightened emotion such as feeling threatened, frustrated, anxious, sad, angry, worried, or nervous. Stress isn't all bad. It is useful in limited amounts for short periods of time and can be positive, such as when it helps us avoid danger or motivates us to meet a deadline. How do we know if stress is affecting our body? Most of us could easily recognize signs such as the knot in our stomach, feeling sick to our stomach, headaches, or not sleeping well. And boy, I can relate to not sleeping well. And when I don't get my sleep, it makes it even harder for me to cope with stress. How do we know when we are under too much stress for too long? Sometimes stress accumulates in our life and we aren't aware of it until it reaches a tipping point. So what happens inside of our body with stress? According to the National Institutes of Health, When we're under stress, our body reacts by releasing hormones that produce the fight-or-flight response. Our heart rate, breathing rate, and blood pressure go up, our muscles tense, and we sweat more. Occasional stress is a normal coping mechanism. However, long-term stress, also called chronic stress, can contribute to or worsen a range of health problems, including digestive disorders, headaches, sleep disorders, and many other things. Stress may worsen us physically and has been linked to depression, anxiety, and other mental illnesses. We can't always change the stress that is happening outside of us, but we do have access to a built-in stress reset button, which is called the relaxation response. In contrast to the body's stress response, the relaxation response slows the heart rate, lowers blood pressure, decreases oxygen consumption, lowers levels of stress hormones, reduces inflammation by reducing inflammatory cytokines and oxidative stress, as well as improves glycemic control 
in people with type 2 diabetes. Don't you love all that science? I just find it fascinating. And I love to hear all the different things that are going on inside of our body and understanding why different things affect us and how they affect us. Well, how do we know how much stress we're under? Scientists have come up with a scale to measure stress. The Holmes and Rahe Stress Scale is a list of 43 stressful events, which is used to help identify whether a person is experiencing a high amount of stress and if someone is at risk for developing an illness. A high score indicates that they may benefit from stress reduction interventions. This stress scale was developed in 1967 by psychiatrists Thomas Holmes and Richard Rahe while working at the University of Washington and was created to measure stress in servicemen. The scale was based on a study of over 5,000 medical patients who were asked to rate the life-changing events they had experienced in the previous two years, and it was designed to be used in research to help identify possible links between stress and illness. The Holmes and Rahe Stress Scale has been widely used by healthcare professionals and is one of the most well-known and researched tools for measuring stress. Each item on the Holmes and Rahe Stress Scale is assigned a certain number of points based on its perceived stressfulness. The total number of points a person scores gives an indication of their overall stress level. And you may have heard of the top 10 stressors in life, including the number one stress, which is the death of a spouse and that measures the highest score of all at 100 points. Here are the other nine. Divorce, 73 points. Marital separation, 65. Jail term, 63. Death of a close family member, 63. Personal injury or illness, 53. Marriage, 50. Job loss, 47. And we included a link in the show notes where you can go ahead and take this Test yourself and score yourself. I thought it was interesting that even positive events such as marriage, moving, or starting a new job can create stress because there's always adjustments with change. The list of stressors and the scores probably need to be updated because they don't even have surviving a pandemic in the list. <laughs> 50% of those scoring 200 points were hospitalized within the subsequent two years for heart attacks, diabetes, cancer, or other severe illnesses. And for scores reaching 300 points, the rate of hospitalization increased to 80%. 30 years ago, I had a whopping score of over 370 points. I became so physically sick that my organs started to shut down. I pled with the Lord for relief, and He answered my prayers and guided me to resources. The external stressors subsided, and I reached out to others for help. With support, I was able to develop better coping skills and to heal physically and emotionally. I found it interesting when I was researching the stressors in our life that I found another study done by Lawrence and Dobbs, which found that missionaries rate an average of 600 points with levels peaking up to 900 and beyond. Wow, that's incredible. We'll talk more about stresses of missionaries and some awesome findings related to missionary stress in a future episode. Well, many of us under stress turn to a quick fix. However, turning to substances or harmful activities to deal with our stress just adds to the problem. Many times we just want the immediate, easy relief, and we turn to that thing to bring that instant relief. The trouble is, 
that afterwards we have a compounded problem. We not only still have the event that caused the original stress, but now we have the stress from the negative coping activity. Just as our body responds to physical, mental, or emotional pressure with chemical changes that can raise blood pressure, heart rate, stress hormones, and blood sugar levels, while also leading to feelings of frustration, anxiety, anger, or depression, the good news is that there are also things that we can do to take care of ourselves to counteract these physiological and psychological responses to stress. Well, why do we need to take care of ourselves? First of all, no one is coming to rescue us. <laughs> and no one is going to do the self-care for us. We have to take responsibility to take care of ourselves. Most importantly, Self-care increases our resilience and our ability to cope with our stress. What is self-care? Oftentimes, when we hear this phrase, it can seem selfish to take care of ourselves. Especially as women, we are often the nurturers giving to others, and sometimes we have so much on our plate that we don't make time to take care of ourselves. We've all heard the parallel message that when we are flying, if the oxygen mask is needed— We have to put our own oxygen mask on first before we help others to put theirs on. I've also heard that you can't pour from an empty pitcher, so it's important to make time to take care of ourselves physically and emotionally. There are healthy and unhealthy ways to cope with stress, and in Part 1 and 2 of Mitochondrial Miracles this week on the podcast, my good friend Becky Belknap shows us how to cope with stress in healthy ways by her example— in which she first turned to the Lord. You may say words such as higher power, inner wisdom, universe, source, spirit, or light, but whatever words you use, turning to our higher power brings light and life. I use words such as Lord or Heavenly Father, and connecting with Him in the morning is a wonderful way to begin our day. He can direct us to resources and tools, just like He did by giving Becky thoughts about what to do to cope. After turning to the Lord, He may direct you to use some of the tools that Becky described, such as 1. Connecting with others. After connecting with the Lord, we can reach out and connect with a mortal. Every morning, after I reach out and connect with the Lord, I think of who I can text or call. My day has an empty feeling until I connect in these ways. And we'll talk more about the power of connection in future podcast episodes. 2. Breathe. Pausing and breathing deeply is an easy thing to do. It's free, and it can be done anywhere. In Ezekiel, I read one of the most powerful scriptures that spoke to me about how the Lord uses breath to bring life. In Ezekiel 37, 4-6, we read, Again he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. And I know there's several different meanings that we can attach to this scripture, but I really liked how it talked about breath. When we breathe in deeply, we literally breathe in life. During stress, our breath becomes more shallow and constricted. Our oxygen intake and our blood flow to our brain decreases. No wonder we can't think as clearly when we are under stress. 
Deep breathing has many benefits, including increasing that blood flow and oxygen to the brain and to all of the body. What is so fascinating to me is that we can trick the body into feeling safe and calm when we are feeling anxiety. We breathe deeply when we are relaxed. So if we force ourselves to breathe deeply, it sends a signal to our brain to relax even when we're feeling anxious. Relaxation techniques often combine breathing and focused attention on pleasant thoughts and images to calm the mind and the body. Three other relaxation techniques include yoga, mindfulness, guided imagery, progressive relaxation, and self-hypnosis. I've done all of these and found them all to be helpful. One of the easiest is progressive relaxation. It is done by consciously tensing one area of your body for a moment and then relaxing it while deeply exhaling. For example, you might breathe in deeply, hold your breath while scrunching up all the muscles in your face and neck, count to five, and then deeply exhale and allow all the muscles in your face and neck to relax. Then move to your shoulders, repeat, and progress down the length of your body. At the end, you can tighten all the muscles over your entire body while holding your breath and counting to five, and then deeply exhaling and relaxing. I've practiced this progressive relaxation, and it's surprising how such a simple technique can bring a calming feeling to our body. Four, another tool Becky uses is exercise and getting her heart pumping. She's a morning person, and she prefers running. You can do any form of exercise. In future episodes, we will talk more about the science of exercise to reduce stress, The interesting thing is it doesn't have to be an hour long of exercise, which can often be the thought that keeps us from exercising. It can be as simple as putting on our favorite peppy music and dancing. Even five minutes can benefit us physically and emotionally. Five, another tip is to get outside. Becky runs outside with a group of ladies, and this accomplishes several goals all at once because she is outside in fresh air, usually in the sunshine. She's moving her body with her heart pumping, she is connecting with friends, and she is talking, listening, and processing her stressful events while she's also laughing. You could start with something as simple as walking to the mailbox each day, or walking around the block and noticing all the beauty around you in the world. When I am exercising, I feel better too. I am definitely a social exerciser, and when I have someone to talk to, I love it. Six. Music is another powerful tool to change our mindset. Have you ever put on your favorite music and been transported back in time with a pleasant memory of happier days? Many people have a playlist of their favorite songs, and you can even Google playlists to get a list of upbeat songs or songs that you like to hear when you need to get motivated. Many years ago, I was interested to learn that the Bible talks about the power of music to lift our moods. We can read in 1 Samuel 16, The Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit troubled him. And Saul's servants sought a man who was a cunning player on a harp. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. And it came to pass, when the evil spirit was upon Saul, that David took a harp and played with his hand, so Saul was refreshed and was well and the evil spirit departed from him. Wasn't that beautiful, the effect of how Saul felt so much better and was well? 
In future episodes, we're going to be looking into the science behind the impact music can have on us physiologically and emotionally. These are just some of the tips that we can use to take care of ourselves and to help us cope with stress. This is only a first line of defense. Please understand that we may also need additional support. We are at an all-time high for stress, and we have a mental health crisis in our country. You may need to seek help from a qualified life coach, therapist, doctor, or other medical professional to assist you in dealing with stress. If you are having thoughts of self-harm, please know that there is a new hotline number that is easy to remember. 988 is the new Suicide Prevention and Crisis Hotline. You can talk to someone either on a phone call or, if you prefer, by text. Your conversations are free and confidential. We are all dealing with something hard in our life. The Lord has answered my prayers time and time again, and I'm so grateful He's been there for me when I've been at my lowest. And the Lord has also sent many mortal angels to bless my life. I know the Lord will answer your prayers too, and He will help you with all you are dealing with. Before I go, I want to read a couple of reviews. Ashley N. said, I started listening to your podcast, and it's amazing. Your approach to sharing the gospel is enlightening and very comforting. It's incredible, and I really like hearing what you share about Christ and the way you have guests from all different backgrounds who share their faith. I love listening. I love your insights. I always learn something new and learn ways I can apply it to my life. It's like listening to a spiritual lesson, a life coach, and a therapist all at once. It's amazing. You're doing an awesome job. T.S. said, Congratulations on your podcast. That's awesome. You're hitting it out of the park. K.S. said, My family is going through a hard time this week. I'm so grateful for this episode. M.B. said, I love your podcast. I love your messages. It's so helpful. M.T. said, I listened to your podcast and I loved it. So full of wisdom and love. Wonderful. Another review said, Great job on your podcast. I loved seeing your examples, energy, and enthusiasm. It's so fun to see everything you have always wanted come true with a platform to speak and help others. You are doing the work of angels. Another listener said, Becky Belknap is an amazing example of faith and endurance. And another reviewer listened to Becky Belknap's episode and said, It's amazing how much empathy we gain from our trials. Until next time. for listening. I know you're busy. Did you know that you help spread the love by leaving a review and following? This helps increase our visibility so people can find us online. I really appreciate your help. I'm wishing you lots of love in your own hero's journey.